Our scripture reading is from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 56. The angel has told Mary that she's going to have a baby. She has gone to her cousin Elizabeth, and they have met, and um, the baby in, that Elizabeth is carrying has leapt and celebrated the coming of, of Christ. And so Mary now stands and sings this song. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remember, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Dear friends, when we first meet Mary in chapter 1, she is troubled. The angel has come to her and said, Do not fear, for you have found favor with God, and you're going to have a baby. And she was troubled by that news, troubled by the favor, troubled by the news of having a baby. What have I done to deserve this favor? How am I supposed to, to be a, a mother? As the story unfolds, she'll come to see what this favor will do for her and for the whole world, and, and she comes to peace with it. But now she's in, and now she's in a totally different place. She's, she's in a safe place with Elizabeth. She's... She's well-supported. She's in a different frame of mind. She's safe. She's past her troubled heart. And now she can access the love in her heart and sing a love song to God. This, this is her magnificat. This is her, her love song to, to praise God for what He has done for her and through her for the world. And, and her song, this love song, rings down through the ages, and we have it in front of us today, and we join in that song today. We hear in it Mary's praise to God for His favor, her praise to God for His justice and His ways, and we hear in it praise to God for His Son. And, and as, we, as we sing, as we join in that song with her, we do the same. So we hear Mary sing this love song for God's favor. She says, and Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. In the deepest part of who she is, in, in, the, in the place where, where everything comes from, her soul, she stands and she gives praise to God. Why? Because God 
has been mindful. God has regarded her. God has thought of her. God has said, of all the people in all the world, you, Mary, I have favor on you. Her humble state hasn't prevented God from choosing her to have, for have, to have a central role in the coming of the Savior of, of the world. God didn't choose a high-ranking queen. He didn't choose a princess. He didn't choose somebody with power. He chose a lowly, humble servant. He chose Mary. And Mary knows she doesn't even deserve that, as humble as she is. She knows she doesn't deserve it. She knows that she hasn't done anything to get this mindfulness. And yet, there it is. There it is. I have this. God has looked at me. God has remembered me. God has thought of me and, and, uses, and is using me. And, and so she praises God, her salvation. God is the great one in her life, working marvels beyond all imagining. For, for Mary, God's mindfulness has changed her life. It's transformed her. She's not the same Mary as she was when, when we first meet her. She's, she's now Mary, the one who bears the Messiah. And she says this, From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. And 2,000 years later, we still call her blessed. We still call Mary blessed. We still thank God for her and her humble heart. She bore the long-awaited Messiah. She, the most unlikely, marginal, vulnerable person, became the mother of Jesus. It was a great thing God did for her and through her. But Mary doesn't just sing a praise of, to God just because God did a nice thing for me. Thank you, God. Yes. Mary turns around and, and the bulk of her song is about God's ways, God's ways of salvation. She praises, you know, not just about a personal thing, but just the way God acts. She says this, for he has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. God is a God about, of reversal. The proud are scattered. The proud rulers are brought down, but the humble are lifted up with this God. The hungry are filled with good things, but the proud rich are left empty. Mary praises God for His justice. This is the God who shakes things up. He, he doesn't let things stay the same and, 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 and follow this degenerating path down to, to power over weak and, and, and you know, the, this, the grinding pain that, that happens so often. This is God who lifts up the humble like her. That's the way God works. He takes overlooked things, the forgotten things, the disregarded things, 
to overcome unjust, proud power. Mary names Abraham in her, in her song. She says, God, just like he did with Abraham. And that's a clue for us. That's a hook for us. That's, that's a way for us to get into this song. This is the way God acts. Because God took Abraham, this man who was almost in his grave, and his wife with him, and he gave them a son who, through that son, blessed the whole world. And that's the way God works. He does things like, like he did with Abraham. And, and he, takes, he takes Moses, the son of slaves, and he raises him up, and he takes on the world's superpower, the, the, the power that has chariots and horses and, and every kind of weapon of, of destruction that, that was known to the human world at that time, and God broke that power. God raises up Gideon with, with a mere 300 soldiers, 300, against thousands of, of Midianites in their powerful army. And he, he chases them off, and, and they, they flee against God and, his, and his, um, his leader. God raises up David, the youngest child of a family from the smallest, most insignificant tribe of Israel, to break the power of Goliath and the Philistines. This is the biblical story. This is what Mary celebrates, that Mary of Nazareth finds herself in. And, and that's the story she celebrates. God is the God of mercy, of justice, of whole personed justice. He's the God of the downtrodden. He's the God of the vulnerable. From the margins, He does incredible, incredible things. And Mary locates herself and her child in that story through her song. What has happened to her is part of the purposes of God in this world. This is not some accidental pregnancy. This isn't some, some story that, that she made up because she found herself embarrassed. This, this isn't, you know, that's some ways of, of explaining what happened to Mary. This is, this is not some face-saving story she made up. This is an act of God. This is the way God works, people. This is the way our God is. He breaks into the world in the same way He always has, with justice, with power, with faithfulness, using the most unlikely yet humble people. He's not forgotten His world. He's not let evil win the day. He's coming to act with justice and mercy. American pastor... William Willimon, he once, he, he was a, a, a chaplain at Duke University, and he dealt with a lot of students, with, with, and they, they've got their doubts, and, and they've, you know, they've become, you know, they're kind of looking at Christianity again, and, and he, had, he had a, a conversation with one student. He said, I, I just can't, I just can't believe the virgin birth. How is it possible that, that somebody like Mary who's a virgin, has a baby. Like, come on, get real. And then William Williman, he says this in, in his typical way. He says, you think that's incredible? Come back next week. 
Then you'll hear that God has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. We'll talk about the hungry having enough to eat and the rich being sent away empty. The virgin birth? If you think you have trouble with the Christian faith now, just wait. The virgin birth is just a little miracle. The really incredible stuff is, ha- is coming next week. That's this week. Here we talk about God casting the mighty from their thrones and giving the hungry enough to eat. This is God's incredible story of justice and the upside-down kingdom. He upsets entrenched economic, social, and political powers. That's our God. How is it possible that we, the people we think are the winners in life, the people we think have all the power, you know, the, the, the powerful, the rich, the well-fed, the privileged, the beautiful, how, it, how is it that God turns things around and, 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 and takes the things that, that we think are, you know, we overlook, the things that we think we, we don't have to take them into account, we don't have to value them, and God takes those people and, and lets them win. You know, in our world, the powerful strut around in their homes, their offices, or on the world stage, and get, they get what they want, no matter who they have to leave in their wake, battered or vulnerable or oppressed. They always get their way. They jump and others say how high. There, every itch gets scratched, and they always manage to work the system to their favor. They always win in court. They always stay in control. And yet to them, incredible as it sounds, God's word through Mary interrupts and speaks this incredible message. This is not the whole story. They will not win. How the mighty will fall, how how deep will be their disgrace. How incredible is that? Can you believe that? And yet, there it is. Mary singing this song. This is the way God is. This is our God. And he's doing that through me. Amazing. This is what puts a song in Mary's heart. God's ways. And then, and then Mary sings, and we can hear her sing about her son. Because here, this is, this is Luke chapter 1. This is the first chapter in a, in a book that Luke is writing about Jesus. And so, this, this is functioning as an introduction to the coming of Jesus. So, even on the, in the words of Mary, we hear about who it is that Jesus will be. And, and we anticipate what this child will do in this world. Her son will have many opponents who have power, who are rich, who, are, who have honor in society, in their pride, they will exclude the less fortunate, the less acceptable, and the weak from their circles of kinship and, and honor. They will try and keep their privilege. They will work that system so that they stay at the top. And Jesus will continually challenge them and call them out on this. And Mary's song anticipates the Sermon on the Mount, which says, Blessed are the weak, are the meek. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the oppressed. Blessed are the hungry. Blessed are the sad. And her son will give value to the ones 
who are thought valueless. And her song anticipates Jesus in his habit of turning things upside down. In Luke 10, Jesus meets a lawyer. And the lawyer, he loves this lawyer. This, is a, this, this person knows the law. And he, he says, one thing, Jesus, who's my neighbor? And Jesus replies with a story that flips the script. A man was traveling to Jericho and was beset by thieves. And along came a, a priest and another priest and another priest, then a Samaritan. And by the end of the parable, it's no longer a matter of, of figuring out who is my neighbor. The point is, be a neighbor. And later on in Luke, Jesus will point out two men at the temple. One is righteous. One is upstanding. One is, I did everything right. God, a lawyer. And the other is a sinful, collaborating tax collector. And you'd expect God to hear the prayers of the first and not the second, but the Pharisee is proud and the tax collector is humble. And I tell you the truth, Jesus says, God hears the prayers of the tax collector and not the Pharisee. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And Mary's song sees this. Mary's song foreshadows how Jesus himself was humbled all the way to death on a cross. He bore the shameful and humiliating pain of crucifixion, but God raised him up and exalted him to the highest place in heaven. Jesus lived this song in every part of his ministry on our behalf. That's the story of Mary's song. That's the story of God who acts on behalf of his people. It's the story of Jesus. So now we've heard this song, this love song to God. And we think, how, how do we enter? How do we sing along? How do we sing this love song to God? Well, we join along to praise God for his favor. Every Sunday we come together and we praise God for his continuing favor. Every Sunday our souls and spirits come here. And, and we're not just nice people who do this. We're, we're not just people who are, are in a habit we are people who have been transformed by grace. We are people whose souls and spirits praise God our Savior for His great salvation in Jesus Christ. We didn't deserve it. The guy down the street doesn't deserve it. The guy we pass by with a sign on the, at the intersection, he doesn't deserve it. None of us deserves it. But He gave it to us anyway. It reaches to our deepest places and from those places, we give God praise, and we just have to. We're compelled to. We, we just find ourselves doing this, and that's who we are. Even, and COVID can't stop us, and we'll do it here, and, and, and if we have to shut down, we'll do it from home, but we, we will praise God for his favor, and we also praise God for his ways. We praise God for his acts of justice of making things right. This is the God who takes the weak things and uses them to shame the strong. This is the God who takes the foolish things of the world and makes them wise, who takes a cross, a, a, a humiliating execution, 
the most disgusting and, and degrading and, and, and pulverizing way to die. And he takes it and he makes it into the most glorious thing that's ever been. This is the God who breaks the power of sin and death in the most unlikely way through the cross. And we join Mary in praising God for his ways of salvation from week to week. We praise God for loving the world so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And we also join in God's story of salvation. This song is from the edge of society. This song is, is from the margins of society, the place of powerlessness, of forgotten people. Some people have heard this as a song for revolution. This, you know, they, they say this is a song for the, you know, for the, the lower classes to rise up and, and level class distinctions by making the poor sufficiently rich and the powerless sufficiently powerful. But that's, that's not always what this song is calling for. It declares what Jesus will declare, that wealth and power are not the final powers, and they have no standing in God's sight, so don't put your trust in them. And this song calls us not to be ashamed of the weak things of the world, and so we join Jesus in feeding the hungry and uplifting the poor and giving the refugee a home and helping the vulnerable find safety and comforting the sad. And we expect God to be there. We expect God to work from those margins. And, and we expect to hear from God through these ways. It also calls us to know our story. Mary, 14-year-old Mary. Who's 14 around here? Maybe 15, 16. I don't know, maybe who, who's watching? 14-year-old Mary was so formed by the story of God's ways that she naturally interpreted the things that happened to her in the light of that story. She knew the story she was in. Do you know the story you're in? A teenager, a, 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 a senior, all of us. She knew her life was bound up with God and His people, God and His kingdom. How blessed we are when our youth, our young adults, and every one of us locates our lives in the things that and the things that happen in our lives in terms of God's kingdom. We find our own lives caught up in the things He's about. And we're part of an upside-down kingdom. We are people who expect reversals. We are people who see through the news. We are people who see through the, the plot lines of, of, of the, the shows we're binge-watching. We expect the humble to win. We expect the faithful to persist and the proud to walk off with a prize that turns out to be a big, fat nothing. And we march to the beat of a drum that the world does not heed. And as William Willimon said to that college student, this is incredible stuff. It's hard to sing this song when we see so much trouble in the world and the powerful trample the poor and pollute the earth and oppress its own citizens and the rich seem to come away full every time. And it's hard to believe, let alone find yourself within this story. We don't always see it. And yet Mary's song rings out, revealing the justice of God that topples the proud and raises up the humble we can be confident that it's true, and we can, 
we can place our stories in that story. Mary's song is a song that fills us with longing. We long for this God. We long for this justice, with this, where the righteous are lifted and the unrighteous brought down. We long for things to be made right. When the powers that be are revealed to be not powers at all, but only the power worth believing, that the only power worth believing in comes from God, through the Holy Spirit, through those who walk humbly with God. Mary's song calls us to move sometimes. Move from the, whatever space we're in, from fear, from cynicism, from discouragement, to a place of seeing and naming and rejoicing in all the deeds God is doing to restore the creation to its fair balance. With Mary, we see that God's love sent this child into the world. And with Mary, we, re we rejoice that God's love will win. Amen. Let us pray. Our souls rejoice in you, O God, for you are the God of grace. You are mindful of your humble servants. Your love extends beyond our thoughts or minds. You are the Father who knows our hearts and yet loves us as we are. Our souls rejoice in your salvation, for you have not turned away from the weak things. You have not ignored the need in the world, but you have come to be with us. Jesus, your only Son, was born that he would show your ways and bear the cross for our salvation. We celebrate your gracious love. We rejoice in God our Savior. Amen.